0: Welcome back to The Short Game. This is a show where we talk about short video games, the sort of thing that you might pick up and complete in just a, a few hours, an evening, a weekend, games that respect your time. I'm your host, Reagan Kelly, and I am joined by two awesome co-hosts. Laura Nash, how are you doing, Laura?
1: I'm doing spectacular.
0: And Nate Heininger, how are you doing, Nate? I'm
2: doing well, happy
0: to be here. No one made an in-their-comfort-zone joke? I was really oh, expecting it just there. Man, oh, you you know what, me.
2: I was... I was sitting here and I was working through horse puns. I'm just like, you know what? They don't feel like any are up to my standard. I'm gonna just have a nice, clean. I'm glad to be
0: here, open, and <laughs> falling down hit, on the you, job. You, you, I was
1: thinking about neighborly jokes. <laughs> <and> like, <laughs> See, that's
0: was,
2: the world. Yeah, that's the world I was working into. And then he hit me with a great one, the comfort level. And I feel bad that I didn't get it. So I'm glad you were able to. Uh, to correct all of us with that.
0: And this comfortable game that we're talking about today is Pocket Card Jockey. Uh, Pocket Card Jockey is something that I thought would be completely uninteresting to me. It is a weird, weird release. Did you guys hear about this game (laughs) when uh, when it came out back in May of 2016?
1: I did, and I thought well, I'm pretty full up on 3DS games because in May I had just picked up uh, Luigi's Mansion and Ocarina of Time and Basque Mask and I decided not to buy anything else. Um, I'm so glad that I gave this weird, uh, weird little thing a try and then forced it upon all of my co-hosts.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for doing yeah. that, Laura. I
2: think I heard about it on like a a, one, a sidebar conversation on like an episode of Retronauts or something um, where they're talking about they never thought they'd care about a horse game as much as they are with this game. Other than that, I hadn't really heard about it very much other than Laura, you know constantly telling us to play it. So I I'm, uh, I'm happy to have had the chance because I actually like Solitaire, which is about the most boring sentence. Uh, That I think I've said on this show, but I I don't know. I always just kind of thought it was a relaxing little game. This kind of removes a a degree of the relaxingness of it, but adds some fantastic action horse racing elements that I'm excited about. uh, Excited to talk about.
1: I mean, what else did the comforting slow pace of solitaire need than a timer and the fast paced? world of horse racing
0: it really is like a completely bizarre sounding mashup that works so much better than you would expect the only reason that this game was on my radar at all uh was that it's by game freak and that's i mean game freak is the developer of the pokemon series the pokemon franchise is like this bizarre corporate arcana like thing the uh the the games are developed by Game Freak, the Game Boy, Game Boy Advance, DS, and so on games. Um, but the property is licensed and owned by the Pokemon company, which I believe is jointly owned between Game Freak and Nintendo. So it's technically Nintendo first party stuff, but Game Freak on its own is an independent company and not, as far as I understand it, owned by Nintendo. And so they do very occasionally make games outside of that Pokemon thing. They've been making games since the NES era, but in the last decade, they've basically made three games that weren't uh, Pokemon games. Those are uh, Harmonite, uh, Tembo the Badass Elephant, which I I just don't like the title, guys. Uh, And then this. Oh, man,
2: I'm sold on it. Really? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I don't know. We had opposite reactions to that. Based off of Pokemon and uh, and, uh, um, the game pocket card uh, jockey we're playing right now, I'm all about mm-hmm. a badass elephant game. I don't know. I, I've enjoyed everything they've made. So yeah, you know, I've never played
0: Harmonite or Tembo the Badass Elephant, but their, their, their 2005 games. so just slightly over a decade ago, which makes me feel incredibly old, Actually, was... Uh,
2: uh, well, I was going to ask, what year did Harbo
0: the Badass Elephant come out? Oh, I, Timbo!
1: I, yeah, the badass elephant. Timbo, thank you very much. Yes, thank his you. Name right. Timbo oh, Tem- Tem- the badass
0: elephant came out, I think, in 2014 or or 15. Oh. Like pretty recent. It was okay, on the. Okay, it's on the I was PS4. was gonna make a joke.
2: I was going to make, like, point out that, like, yeah, in 2002, like, that's a pretty cool title.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, I was going to say that one game of theirs that I – like, they do – when they step outside that Pokemon thing, they make some really incredible games. Um, My favorite is Drill Dozer for the the Game Boy Advance, which, if you haven't played it, is finally out on the uh, Wii U eShop. And it's absolutely one of the most charming, wonderful little platformers that you'll find of you know from that era. So it's uh, it's a great Game Boy Advance game. Um, and, I, and someday I I guess I'll probably try Tembo. But this game came out a bit of nowhere. Um, and as Laura said a minute ago, it is a hybrid of the uh, solitaire games and horse racing. And neither of those are things that I ever, ever, ever pick up. Solitaire is just something that infuriates me and stresses me out and makes me feel dumb. Like I just don't like solitaire games almost ever. I just know that I will hate them. And horse racing games are something I've never even tried because while Japan gets just an absolute ton of horse racing games, apparently it's it's you know a national pastime, they never get localized. So we really don't get a lot of horse racing based games here in the US.
1: This game, more than anything, feels like a title someone created in Game Dev Story,
0: <laughs>
1: which we covered a while back. But it's... It's as if someone picked two random genres, mashed them up, and then assigned them some story points and prayed that they get good reviews. And this game's actually really fun.
2: Yeah, really surprisingly so. To be fair, I think Game Freak knows that as well. The game is very self-referential and and very, like, kind of satirical towards what is actually happening. The fact that you're playing solitaire to win horse races, like... They don't just say they don't just let it happen. They actually explain why. And I know we're going to go into that in a little bit, but uh, it's a silly concept, and the whole game is silly. And I think they execute it about as well as you can when you say you are doing a solitaire horse racing game, yeah,
1: yeah. And the way they introduce this game is nothing short of spectacular because the elaborate justification they go through. <laughs>
0: just makes me so happy. It takes a while.
1: Yeah. In most games, they just be like, okay, you have to play solitaire to raise your horse. It's kind of stupid. Go ahead. No, no, no. This game is like, we're going to justify it narratively. You are going to get on a horse, get bucked off, die.
2: (laughs) Die. And have a
1: questionable angel say that the only way you can come back to life fully is to... Achieve your dream of winning the best horse race in the planet, but here's the catch: you suck at horse racing, but you're kind of good at solitaire. Great! The better you play the solitaire games, the better your horse will race. All of this is told through a dialogue tree.
0: It's it's super cute too. the The characters are all just these like really adorable little, very they really feel like. You know, Game Freak style—not the Pokemon style specifically, but like they really look like the cute animation of things like Drilldozer. And They're soft
1: and rounded. Yeah,
0: and, 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 uh, and, and the dialogue is cute too. I mean, it's it's clearly got. Like we're not talking about Shakespeare here, but you know the the scenes when you speak with your uh, your manager, uh, Mr. Mayakawa, who arranges your horse, uh, you know, r- who deals with the deals with the horses and arranges things with the uh, horse owners, who are also these very bizarre, colorful characters. Um, you know, he's really cute. His dialogue is fun where it happens. Um, it, there's not too much of it to the point where you'd be annoyed. It's just enough. To you know, make the game feel like a little more than a crunchy racing simulator layered with a uh, you know fun loose card game.
2: Yeah, it's a lot of dialogue. It, it's pretty <laughs> funny. the uh, uh, The first like forty five minutes of the game is a lot of just like reading these characters' interactions. But yeah, it's 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 charming and it's silly, and there's like a lot of. I guess humor, but it's more just to like establish the kind of like cuteness of the world, I guess. There's a lot of like characters repeating things back to each other. Like if you were like a technical writer, you would cut out like seventy-five percent of the dialogue of this game. Cause they repeat questions back to each other and like confirm things over and over and, <laughs> over, and over and over. And sometimes it gets a little uh like bogged down, but overall it's I think it's meant to be just like, oh, everyone's kind of wacky and everything's kind of silly. And I think a lot solitary. of that just
0: sort of like redundant dialogue tends to kind of get out of your way after the initial setup, but it does have a lot it to does. teach you right off the bat. So yeah. the game actually has a surprising amount of depth and uh, and kind of like there's there's a lot of game here. And so maybe we should kind of dive into some of the stuff that it has to teach you early on, and maybe offer some uh, some strategy tips. Um, and a uh, word of warning for folks who might be picking this game up, it's longer than we'd probably typically do on this show. I, we, I haven't completed it yet. Um, and I'd say that, you know, looking at how long to beat we're, we're uh, which usually has pretty good numbers. It's probably going to take you over 10 hours, maybe as much as 20 to quote unquote, complete the game. If you're wanting to like get that Derby, uh, that Derby win.
2: But I think it,
0: kind of triggers
2: what we're looking for in that it's a unique experience that you get the full experience within the first you know three to five hours and then it's up to you as a player if you want to um, continue and 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 get really really good and, and rank up in the races and, and ultimately win the derby but um it it's a really it, it, it's surprising and I know Reagan has kind of already hit on this how satisfying and how fun this game can be, even if you don't care about solitaire and if you don't care about horse racing. Um, I think we should also say, if we haven't already, um, this is we've done games like this before, but pretty much, pretty rare. This is a Nintendo DS only game. Three DS, three DS. Sorry, so get yeah. all my D- DS's confused sometimes. So if you have a three DS. I think we're gonna recommend that you pick this game up. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And something I think is incredibly fun is this game has a built in version of Clippy, but it's a horse. (laughs) And the horse is going to tell you a lot about the strategy of the game. And what makes me very happy is the horse that is giving you tips also understands it could be annoying and tells you how to shut it up. So the horse is saying, I'm going to keep giving you tips every time you fail. However, you can just press X to make me go away at any time.
2: Yeah. And his name is Horse Off Course, to which he introduces it as, my name is Horse Off Course Off. Of course. So if you're wondering the level of humor we're working with in this game, that's about where it sits. Is that kind of joke over (laughs) and over and over and over again, which is not a
0: criticism.
1: Perfection.
0: It it, it kind of is, yeah. yeah. Um, And so systems-wise, that horse has a lot of information to deliver. Um, The game kind of breaks up into different chunks. And so I guess we should probably start... With the structure. So, first off, broadly, the game has kind of two main modes there's growth mode and mature mode. So, you're going to, throughout your career as a jockey, you're going to have many horses. And each time you kind of, I guess, adopt a horse, you're not really adopting them, you're like.
1: Train. You're you're
0: getting the job of being that horse's jockey from its owner. Um, Each time you get a new horse, you get to kind of pick from a few different horses with a few different stats. And then that horse is in growth mode. It has a career of many races, and then once it's uh, once it's reached its fourth birthday, it's no longer eligible for like uh, you know the the real big time races, and you retire it uh, into mature mode. And once you've done that a few times, that also opens up a, a separate mode of the game where called the farm, where you can then breed your horses that you have retired to mature mode, um, and those horses can produce new horses. Uh, through a magical process that I simply cannot understand, and then you can race those horses. So that's the sort of the broad strokes of the modes. We should probably start by talking about growth mode, which is where you're going to spend most of your time in the game.
1: And growth mode is where, as you mentioned, you pick a horse and get to name it. What were your horse's names?
0: Oh, man. Um, Tall Fast Dog. (laughs) So
2: I had... Uh Romango is my character name of course and so my horse was Horse Mango. Um and Horse Mango has had a long and illustrious career. Oh. Yeah. Multiple Very nice. many many placements in the uh <laughs> I don't know what many called. Many trophies for Horse <laughs> many, Mango. Many, I, thank uh... you. <laughs>
1: And um, I named my horse Elote Supreme because I was eating Mexican food. <laughs> I was going to say is that
2: a Taco Bell menu? I...
1: <laughs> it's it's a little fancier than Taco Bell, but it's um, not very much fancier.
0: That is but that is perfect. I've had a few horses now, and I actually really enjoy. They all come with a name that's really cute. Some of the horses have uh, great names. I'm trying to find. I took a photo of some of the uh, some of the standings, so I would have some of the game's built in names. Um,
2: well, there's which, uh, there there's a lot of um, references to Pokemon all over this game, as you would expect. And so, like one of the horses' names is Pika Pika Mouse.
0: Yep. There's, uh, there's some really good names in here. One of the best things about horse racing just in general is the ridiculous horse names. I, I think that there actually is some kind of a rule that horses can't have repeat names, probably for betting purposes. And yes. so because of that, horse uh, owners have to have these completely outlandish names just to make sure that they don't repeat. And some of the names of the horses in the game are great. This is just from one race. Uh, I lost this race really badly, and it was won by Skeleton. Uh, <laughs> just below that was God Class, Gorgeous Time, Quiz Hammer, Gold Screen, Eldorado, Orange Sunset, and Premium Member. Which I'm like, <laughs> I'm stealing that Ooh. name from my next horse, Premium Member. I love it.
2: <laughs> There's a lot of uh, the word boy thrown around, so I had a horse named... Uh... Blinging boy, oh yes, <laughs> for a little while. So I love
1: yeah, the horse. I names. mean, I love. There's a it's Monday, and yeah, it's Sunday. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all all the horse names that they give them are are like their ma- their master uh, localization touches. Like you just know that somebody in Nintendo of America's like localization team was just having an absolute riot renaming or coming up with all the horse names at some point.
2: I would imagine that they didn't even really look at whatever the Japanese name was and they were just naming it whatever they wanted to.
1: I've heard in one that there's a mocket ponster and there's also a shampoo hat.
2: (laughs) (laughs) There's a moment in uh, after you earn your first trophy from a G1 race. uh, Your trophy pops up on the screen and it says, you got to earn them all. Like,
1: oh, I saw that. Maybe like, it, there's I actually a picture of a Pokeball.
0: Yeah. There's a lot of great Pokemon references in here, um, but it's also a really great systems game. Like there's a lot of really great uh, stuff to dig your teeth into if you want to. You can play this as just sort of a light uh, solitaire game. Um, and we'll talk about some of the the spins it puts on solitaire in a second. But uh, just in terms of the racing aspect, when you're in this growth mode, you've got... Uh, Each race is divided into rounds, so I guess rounds of the track, and in each round, there's a solitaire portion, and then there's a horse racing placement portion where you have to maneuver your horse around the track, and both of those are actually pretty interesting and and satisfying. Um, the, The maneuvering your horse around the track thing is where you sort of use the unity power or like, you know, horse juice that you accumulate by spending, by playing solitaire,
1: Yeah, so you start off with this little round called Starting Solitaire where you do a speed round and you try to clear up cards and, you know, uh, pick a bonus to kind of get you starting off really strong. And this is where I struggled at the beginning because I thought at the beginning that you needed to have the best card to start. You could pick one to five stars. And then I realized that time mattered as well. So I kept starting off with my poor horse at, like, a super slow-ass pace, and I never, you know, it took me a couple rounds to understand that you need to really, um, this is the one time where, really, the faster you go, the better off you are, but once you get this kind of kick out the gate, you do a couple rounds where it's purer solitaire, um... I think that Reagan mentioned that you do this horse placement and whether you put your horse in the place where it's most comfortable running, zone one, two or three, uh, you get more cards. It becomes a little harder to play. And the more you clear, the happier your horse is, the more power it has. So it's a really nice balance of risk and reward. If you put your horse in comfort zone three, where it's the happiest, you get a ton of cards to clear and it's a little harder to clear it. It's a harder solitaire game. Versus if you kind of run towards the back in comfort zone one, there's fewer cards. It's a lot easier to get a perfect score. So the game is very much trying to get you to do harder rounds of solitaire so your horse might go faster.
0: Yeah, and yeah. this all sounds really complicated, and it actually kind of is. Um, this is a really difficult game to, like, explain the strategy to, and the game explains it to you a couple of times and also has a really good, uh, like, tips <laughs> and menu. kind of over, over and over and over. over, and over. Yeah, over. <laughs> so, um, but, so it's, it may sound really complicated, and frankly, I was kind of overwhelmed just at first, but once it clicks, it clicks. Um, and the thing that really made it click for me was that I realized that the solitaire isn't really quite... Rules is written solitaire. Like the the game is doing a lot to, to streamline the solitaire and make it a little bit more like a fun puzzle than something like an actual, uh, difficult, tri- typical solitaire yeah. game with a full deck.
2: Well, and one thing I wanted to mention too, it, you know, with I think what you're kind of getting to is when someone tells me, you know, it's a solitaire game. Um, Honestly, like 99% of my experience with Solitaire is what everyone's thinking of is like the Windows Solitaire, where you have your, you know, you need to pull the Ace first and then the the Two second and then the Three. It's not that. It's uh, rows of cards stacked on each other, just like you get uh, in the front deal of Solitaire. But all that matters is you're pulling the... If you pull a three, then you can put a four or a two on it. If you have a two, you can put a three or an ace on it, and it wraps around. Suit does not matter. Suit doesn't matter. Um, There's not multiple rows of connections. You have your one connection that you're working from. So if you have a seven, you can put an eight or a six. If there's no match on the board, so you've got between four and I think up to about seven... um, rows of cards laid out in front of you, based off of what comfort zone you're in, like Laura was saying, um, you're just playing kind of one at a time. And the kind of puzzle of it is looking at not only the first row of available cards, but the second and the third row behind it so that you pull the proper, you know, there might be two sevens available. You have a six and there's two sevens available, but behind one of the sevens might be an eight. So it makes more sense to pull that one seven and then the eight and stringing these cards together and whenever you can't make any connections there's a deck you tap on it, and a new card flips over so yeah. the solitaire is very simplified, but there's and a timer
1: as soon as you run out of you clear all the cards or you run out of your um your deck to flip the you move into a uh, different round. And I'll also say that if you have any cards left over, it pisses off your horse. If you miss tap, it pisses off your horse. There's lots of ways to piss off your horse. Um, and it turns progressively angrier. Um, it also will run away. I will say, um, before we get into the racetrack placement phase, my battery died because I was on public transportation and my mm. L stopped and the battery died. And I just flat out lost the race and my horse ran away because <laughs> oh. it was mad that my battery died. So make sure before – well before you start a race that your um, battery is fully charged.
2: And I think that's actually a pretty clever safeguard to people noticing because uh, a single race may be between two and five rounds of this game. And you can definitely save a bad start later but sometimes you just kind of get yourself and you're like there's no way I'm winning this race and to circumvent people cuz it saves right before the race uh to circumvent that i think that's why they did that it, people i think would just like rage turn off their nintendo D- 3ds i will admit like, already
0: nope. to being that guy like i got into a race <laughs> that like i got i got a bad starting solitaire round and a bad first round and i was like real sour about it and i was mad at my horse. And so I, I thought, ah, I know what I'll do. I'll just turn off the console and turn <laughs> yeah, it back you're on. you're the reason. I, I am you're, that guy. I bet there was and, a beta version that they didn't have that. And
2: then, oh, and then you turn understand. it back on.
1: It's like, we don't know why you you lost this race.
0: Yeah, Mr. Mayakawa comes to me and says, oh, sorry, buddy, you lost the race. We're not sure what happened to you there. And and I realized, oh, they thought of that. I can't cheese yeah. it in that way. Um and They're in that, that way I actually like was I was a little bit delighted by that. I was like, oh I'm okay losing it now that I know that they thought of that, and that was very clever.
2: Yeah, it's yeah. it's great because some races can be like uh you know, five to ten minutes long, and once you start it, you have to be ready to play the whole thing and time. Is kind of of the essence, if, yeah. Uh, and I know we're gonna get. You, you to can a, to pause, a like you can
0: shut your 3DS and come back to it later, and that yeah. won't lose you the race, which is convenient because I I need that with a lot of games like this where there's time pressure. I need to be able to stop it, do something sure. else for a couple minutes, and because you back.
2: don't know what's gonna come up. Yeah, but like I know we're gonna get into tips later, um, but while we're on this like, concept of time, it's going to feel like there's a time pressure in this game. But if I have one you know, a bit of advice early on, don't feel like you have to rush the standard solitaire games uh, until much later in the game because they give you a lot of time. Yeah, they really do. Only
1: rush starting solitaire. Yeah,
2: start Mm -hmm. solitaire. You need to rush, and it makes it clear that you need to. Everything else, you have many, many minutes to clear the board, and I don't think I, even when I was really taking my time and trying to, like, puzzle it out and find the best streaks, I don't think I ever crossed even like half the time they allot. So the first couple races I remember just being like, "Oh God!" and like click, click, you know, and like messing up and just really trying to do it. Mm-hmm. And then I would look down, and I am still at ninety percent of my time left. So you know, you the solitaire it it can be tricky, but only if you make it. You yeah, know, I, th- I think you can really take your time with it, and I am pretty sure that they have it set up. Where if you play it just right, you can clear every board. I don't think they've set you up for failure, but you may mess yourself up by making a choice that you don't know. I mean, it, you know, you have no real idea of telling.
0: Later on, may mess you up. I think you may be right, and I, I'm terrible at solitaire. In fact, to the point where, like, when Laura recommended we do this game, I was like well, I guess I'm game to do a game I won't enjoy. Like, I, I I, guess I'll just grin and bear it. And ended up loving the game, like completely loving it. And I think the biggest choices that they did that turned it around for me was how much they simplify the solitaire to the point where even a solitaire dum-dum like me can can do it. And not putting an enormous amount of time pressure on it. I was like, something I'm bad at with time pressure in a racing theme? I know I'm going to hate it. But the, the time pressure is really used sparingly and only when it makes sense. And when it doesn't make sense, like these longer solitaire rounds, they give you so much time that y- you really can just, you can take the time to focus on it and do it at the pace that you want. It, and that, that was such a relief when I kind of discovered that about the game. Really let me enjoy it.
1: Yeah, and then the crazy part is after you finish your solitaire round, whether you, again, you run out of cards in your deck or you get a perfect score and clear everything, then you're put into this really odd place where you are trying to position your horse for the next lap. And um, there's so much involved in this. It took me round after round to quite understand what I was doing but there are other horses to contend with that you might run into Uh, you need to make sure that you are positioned far enough down the screen that you're not losing time in the turn radius if you look at the lap and you realize you're about to turn a corner (laughs) um, there are uh, cards to pick up and also the comfort zone which talked about is kind of the little bands that your horse will get the most energy by running in, and it's going to move. So you need and, to move your horse back and forth to try to make sure you stay in the comfort zone.
2: Meanwhile, and those comfort zones are based off of what type of horse you're riding. Yeah. Of course,
1: because why not? And your horse has like more that,
0: stats than a lot of RPG characters have. It's pretty <laughs> impressive. Oh, dear
1: God. And then after all of this, after you've gotten your horse into the magic perfect position... Then there's a giant, flashing sign saying "Rub it."
0: <laughs> that's the that's the giddy up button, which I thought was the giddy up.
2: Yeah, man. <laughs>
1: trying to get you to rub the stylus on top of your giddy up button and like energy up your horse, so everything is distracting. There's you.
0: so much going so it's on. It's an in interesting like uh, resource there. You know, it's as you're playing the solitaire, you're building up what it calls unity power, which presumably is your your understanding with your mighty beast. And as you build up that unity power while you're, while you're playing, uh, and you build up more if you're in the comfort zone and if you're doing well at solitaire, you build up that unity power, and then uh, you, uh, you use that unity power to move your horse. So if you decide you want to move your horse forward or backward, you're kind of drawing a line with the stylus. And essentially the unity power is your ink. You, you expend it as you draw your line to d- indicate where you want your horse to go. But if you have leftover, and you should uh, have leftover unity power if you're playing well, uh, then you do that r- rub it to, I guess, inject the unity power into your horse's... <laughs> You're converting
2: enthusiasm. it to energy. Yes, that's Yeah, that's it's energy. Well, so you convert the unity power to energy, and the energy is
0: then converted to enthusiasm. And good lord, yes. we're this making this sound incredibly, incredibly no. complicated. It's so the much... The game is. Yeah. It is is super though. easy, Yeah,
1: but when you start looking at the mechanics... You cannot help but think that this is the most complicated game, but playing it feels so
2: easy. No, it is complicated and it's very specific, but it allows you the room to practice. Mm-hmm. There, the first like five races, I had no idea what I was doing, and well, I lost my first three in a row. They, the uh, the horse owner horse of, got horse super mad. Horse. Mr. Mm-hmm. Blinkman, Man got mad and re- and took my horse away from me, and I was really sad. Um, Blingin' Boy was removed from from me, and I, but I got a new horse, and I started to understand. Like my biggest problem, I generally do pretty well at the solitaire. I clear probably the the vast majority of the boards, but I had no idea what I was doing with the um, placement, and I kind of misunderstood the start bar. Um, and, but like, there's no real from, at least as far as I've gone, there was no true fail state. It's more like you sit at neutral until you know what you're doing and then you start working your way up. So like the fail state is just not really advancing in the races and getting and winning more complicated
0: races yeah um, you you always get a fresh start you know with a new horse you always get a fresh horse a fresh start you're starting from scratch with each horse and you know, you're progressing as you get better as at the game. You're learning to play the solitaire portion better. And you're also getting better horses by doing things like the breeding and so on. So you're, you're yeah. always kind of building towards final success. But it's not a big deal to screw up early on because you're going to get another horse. You get a fresh start and you move on.
2: And early on, the, some of the horses in the races that you're competing in are just flat out better than you. And I had a game where I aced every um, solitaire game. I was in comfort zones two or three the majority of the time. And then the final run, everyone's just faster. And I did bad. And then the advice from the of horse off course was, hey, sometimes horses are just better than you. I was like, well, all right. Oh, I guess thanks. I'll get you. Ne- yeah, I guess I'll get you next time, computer. Um, yeah, it, it's. It is very complicated, but not oppressively so.
1: I mean, it's complicated. Like, Pokemon is complicated. Like, yes, you can have a really powerful Pokemon and it'll do whatever it wants, but sometimes you need to compete. Like, you need to worry about type, you need to worry about stats. Honestly, like, this is simpler in some ways. It's not quite as RPG-y. Like, your horse is stamina, meaning it doesn't get tired. And it's speed, which means how fast it can go.
0: Yeah. You can play not, and enjoy this game as a casual uh, solitaire game and really not pay much attention to the simulation aspect and still probably do basically okay and have a good time.
2: Yeah. I mean, really, the actions you do are play solitaire and move a line of where your horse is going to go and then rub a button so you get more energy. <laughs> like, yeah. the, that's really the, the that's like, that's really the actions. But if you want to win consistently, it's how do the three of those work together. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the stakes are low and it's fun and the animation is great. And, and the horses are super to... cute. Everything is super cute. And is this a good time to talk about the music? Because I guess so, yeah. It's uh, it's, pretty... it's a boof. It's Oh, it's so over the top dramatic. It's like uh, uh. there was one song and, and it's in the middle of a solitaire game. So I'm like I have a four looking for a five or a three and it's like the music that would play in the background of like a bank robber heist movie. It's so <laughs> intense that it, it everything is so ramped up and there's all these like people shouting and like crazy drum rolls and everything. It, it's Oh, it's, the music so is so
1: into everything you're doing <laughs> yeah. and the best reward if you are in comfort zone 3 the hardest comfort zone and then you get a perfect score not only do a bunch of Chinese or Japanese characters I have no idea um, don't at me throw fly <laughs> on a screen but not, then horse of course pops up and is like you it's did horse something awesome course, excuse course. me Horse, horse off course of course, of course mm-hmm. um, pops up and is like FYI, you unlocked a super secret awesome area you should plug in your headphones because the music soundtrack is going to get bonkers like, <laughs> the horse literally tells you that the soundtrack is going to go off the wall and that he really likes the soundtrack so
2: <laughs> it's like you know the, uh, the some of the more insane songs from uh, like Katamari where there's just so much going on at the same time, and so many different noises, and it's like crazy upbeat. It it's fantastic. And uh, there was a couple times where I would just like leave the game going and just like, what am I listening to? This is a solitaire game, and they are in <laughs>
0: it right now. They are feeling it. It's fantastic. Yeah, they took it seriously. It's a it's a pretty good. Um, yeah. So I think we've pretty much covered the the racing stuff there's a little bit to talk about with regards to like breeding horses and everything but to be honest i haven't gotten very far into that yet um i'm looking forward to it because it apparently has a a feature where once you uh once you get to a point where you are uh, getting horses that you're i guess proud of you can share them with friends by sending qr codes to each other and scanning them with the 3ds's camera which i think is a great idea um but yeah it that's pretty much the game. There's, there's a, there's the mature mode where you can race with, I guess, less pressure with uh, mature horses that, you know, you're no, not learning new skills or, or improving the horses anymore, but you can race with your best horses and keep them around. Um, and I guess that's kind of the story. It's just kind of like development world. Like I, I think they a, did
2: a good job of keeping you invested in the, the world of the game. You can go to your stable and see your previous horses you can retire horses like you said you can breed them there's a little shop which um I don't know about you guys but I bought uh basically everything every single race um mm-hmm. before a race a what's her name it's like Chicky or something like that she only speaks in bird sounds
0: and <laughs> she'll I don't remember have her name either guys. but yeah she yeah. she has um she she had i was kind of hoping for more variety with the items, but the items are super useful and you should definitely get them because it's very free with giving you money uh and the items they're aren't very, that expensive
1: yeah they're cheats basically yeah like
0: and they're very useful you know, cheats that you can use at various points in the game to do things like automatically highlight your possible moves when you're playing, or automatically flip cards if you flip one up from your uh, your stack that is useless, it'll automatically flip to the next one for you. Or uh, there's a, a riding crop that I still have no idea what it does, but presumably it makes your horse go faster or something. So yeah, lots of little carrot, little yeah, extra bonuses. Carrot's where it's
2: at. It's mm. the carrot's there, probably the carrot gives you more stamina. Um... Yeah, they just give you a lot, like, I think it works for this show, because if you want to, you can play it over, you know, several hours, win a ton of races, and feel like, okay, I had a great time with this strange solitaire horse game, and then if you want to, you could get really into it, and... Work on breeding your own horses and creating your own, like, stable and winning every single race and, like, you know, kind of becoming the king of solitaire horse racing. Um
0: Yeah, it's depth if you want it, but it doesn't – like, it, it still has the feeling of I, – I, I actually – uh, a lot of folks don't like the word "casual game," but it has the feeling of a casual game for me. In the in that it's casual Fridays, like this is sit on the couch and enjoy a little little uh, you know solitaire or you know in between things without it feeling like something that I need to invest an enormous amount of time and effort in. Um, but it still has enough depth that I feel like I'm actually you know playing a game. It's not like it's not like the nothing solitaire apps on your iPhone or whatever. Yeah.
1: I mean, I played during my lunch break today and I played for an hour and I will say that 30 minutes in, I was surprised I'd done two or three races already. And I was like, Oh wow, 30 minutes have passed. Not because the game seemed long, but just because it felt like I was having a really in depth experience and was kind of surprised it went so fast. Um, So I think this game, because of its um, casual complexity, I mean, any casual game worth its salt has a lot behind the surface. Um, You can get really sucked into uh, Pac-Man 256 or A Bejeweled and really get into the mechanics. This game is a little bit more forward with those mechanics, but it's not required by any means. And I really like... That depending on how much time I had to pay attention, I could really optimize or I could just play a good game of solitaire.
2: Have you guys ever been to a carnival or a theme park where they have the game where everyone has a little water gun and they're shooting into a thing and it represents their horse Mm. on a racetrack? (laughs) Yes. And whoever shoots their little thing the best, their horse wins. I was kind of expecting that with uh, with this. Just like, okay, I'm going to play, you know, Solitaire. And I was really expecting, like, Solitaire from, you know, Windows with, you know, I'm going to have to play just a game of Solitaire. And if I do well, my horse wins. It's not that at all. Like, Solitaire's there, but there's so much more if you want there to be. It's like if you're playing that water game, but now there's, like, dexterity to it. And the little thing is moving all the time. And I have to outwit my other players um, it I yeah i I was very surprised by this game and I like solitaire and I was not sure what to expect and it's it's far more engaging than I was expecting
0: yeah same here the thing that it reminded me of most which is I mean if you know our show you know this is very high praise that this reminded me the most of um, you must build a boat. Um, because it's a perfect merging of these two things that are happening on screen that are kind of feeding into each other. So in You Must Build a Boat, you are completing puzzles. Those puzzles relate to things that are happening on a sort of an upper area of the screen where your little character is raiding through a dungeon and fighting monsters. And you don't just match things on the bottom screen. You're matching things uh, you're, you're matching blocks in order to take actions on the top screen. And this has that same kind of sort of unity between two totally disparate mechanics or, or gameplay styles. Like it, you're playing these solitaire, these puzzle like mini solitaire games, but they blend perfectly into the overall theme of horse racing in a way that I completely didn't expect. So if you liked uh, you must build a boat and Frankly, if you haven't played You Must Build a Boat, you should really check it out. It's on iPhones. It's fantastic. But if you liked that and you want to try something that is similar and yet completely different, this is something yeah. I would recommend.
2: Uh, you Must Build a Boat, I believe, was on both me and Laura's top five games. So it was, like, maybe
1: one or two on both <laughs> of ours. Like, it yeah. was possibly the game of the year, secretly, and the short game and, last year. And
2: I, I, I feel like... Um, I think it's a fantastic comparison, and I feel like we're in opposite boats, uh, or, or uh, at least I can be in your shoes a little bit, because I feel like I'm bad at Match 3 games, and You Must Build a Boat, as I just said, one of my favorite games of all of last year, and it's something that I just think about all the time, um, and I don't even really like Match 3, or feel that I'm good at it, and I love that game. So if you're yeah. sitting here thinking, as Reagan experienced himself, if you're sitting here thinking solitaire it's you're just adding up and down a deck of cards like it really is not justice it's just a mechanic of a complete interesting and fun game and it's the people who made pokemon and if you yeah it's, and
0: it's only what is it like seven dollars like this is not $7. a huge investment if you already have a 3ds like this isn't this is a no question like seven bucks or I think maybe eight. I don't remember, but it's, it's seven, under ten dollars, yes. and it's yeah. on the 3DS eShop. You can download it in a couple of minutes. So, like, I would
2: say that's the only barrier. If you don't have a 3DS, you know, I'm sorry. Thank you for listening this far. If you do have a, if you do have a 3DS, but
1: stick around for a minute because we're going to talk about other solitaire games. Yes, indeed.
2: <laughs> uh, if you do have a 3DS, there's no reason not to get this game. It's it's fun. It it makes use of the of the two screens, it makes use of the stylus, which I can't remember the last time I felt like a stylus was the right move on a 3DS game. Um, Elite Beat Agents.
0: Okay, I haven't played that yet.
2: So, But I play a lot of just like Mario and Pokemon basically on my 3DS, so I'm very rarely using the stylus, and it, it definitely was a good choice on this.
0: Mm-hmm even more yeah, so like, than like a touchscreen like this actually works better with a stylus on a 3DS screen than i could ever imagine it working on a smartphone or an ipad yeah
2: mhm yeah, yeah absolutely it the the dexterity of it the individual point and click of it is is very specific um and there'd be a couple times where i would miss i would have like okay there's 10 9 8 7 6 all on my screen and you and would hit the
1: 6 first oh. i
2: or i'd miss the 10 and go nine eight seven and it would just be like blub 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 and Ooh. my horse would get sad, and then I would get <laughs> sad and it just it was uh bad times. But um anyway, it I am I've been this game is fun and it's silly and uh, the language is constant and redundant, and it still works. And uh, I highly, <laughs> I highly recommend. Absolutely. It. And
1: the owner is borderline racist with a giant teeth.
2: <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Very it's cute great. little characters, though. They say they say bling all the time. Like bling is still something that people refer to
0: as hey you know this game was this game originally came out in japan in 2013 that was all very okay. awkward when it first came out all right that's so fair. so laura you recommended this game to both me and nate and it seems like it's a bit of a theme because you'd also been trying to get me to play another solitaire game that i sadly hadn't gotten around to yet and actually in some ways i think they might complement each other so maybe tell us a little bit about that game
1: Yes, so um, Regency Solitaire, I wouldn't say, again, it's, it's not exactly short, because I've pumped in, I believe, 12 hours so far uh, into Regency Solitaire, um, and it is a uh, Regency, a.k.a. Jane Austen-era-themed game, and it's a very odd uh, theme, the idea being that your brother Edward has lost the family fortune by gambling it away and for some godforsaken reason the only way that you can get it back is by gambling on solitaire.
0: (laughs) Because people gamble on solitaire that's a thing.
1: Everyone's really (laughs) cool with the idea that you're going to save the family by playing cards for money. I don't understand. But basically you play cards and they get um, increasingly complicated they're in different arrays you're playing solitaire Um, And you can, as you earn more money, you can buy things for your salon that will um, offer you power-ups or also just make you more badass. You can get a better dress. You can buy a Cupid statue where you can shoot cards out of the way. The Cupid statue comes to life and literally (laughs) shoots an arrow at the card and makes it disappear. Uh, So satisfying. Um, And you just end up, playing round after round, uh, there's different chapters where you're going to bath uh, or you're going to a ball. And it's a really odd thing, just like this game, where for some reason, playing Good Round of Solitaire gets you into a carriage, gets you a good dancing partner, like gets you maybe a kiss. Like it's very, very odd. Um, also, uh, one of the best things about this game is that you'll be playing with somebody and then you'll like unearth a stack of cards and suddenly a jeweled necklace or a tea set will be hiding under the cards who is hiding (laughs) a tea set under the cards it's really delightful um you know
0: when you first recommended this game to me i think i i held off on playing it like i was i was dragging my feet a little bit mainly because as i said like me and solitaire don't usually get along, but having played Pocket Card Jockey has given me confidence. It has uh, it has reminded me that maybe not all solitaire games are Windows 98 solitaire and full of fury and boredom. So I I, I actually bought uh, Regency Solitaire. I only bought it yesterday, so I haven't had time to uh, to check it out yet. I, I, I wanted to check it out in time to talk about it with you on this show, but I, I haven't had time yet. But thank you also for recommending that one, too.
1: Yeah, I'll say that um, if you need other people besides me who like it, I believe um, Felicia Day said she's never been addicted to a game since World of Warcraft like Regency Solitaire. And rock paper shotgun shotgun said they stopped playing Witcher Three for three days because they were so addicted to Regency Solitaire.
2: <laughs> so, oh man. So I I'm going to get this game because I you've <laughs> never led me astray, Laura, and those are great uh, you know great quotes. I I have kind of the opposite um, problem or or um, lack of interest in this game from Reagan, where I love solitaire games. But I have to be honest with you, and I don't want to yuck your yum. But the Regency era to me is like the most boring. <laughs> <laughs> it's totally thing. fair. Like, and so when you tell me it's that it's a Regency era based, I just get so like, okay, we're taking a boring card game which I like, and mm-hmm. adding in the most boring popular era, like popular culture era. No, there I is. understand. And and but. I'm going to give it a try. I will say
1: they are imminently coming out with a sequel. Um, There is a godmother in uh, Regency Solitaire, Lady Fleetwood, who apparently, like, she has this great hair that looks kind of like a troll hat that flies straight back into a a big point behind her head. Um, That's really
0: the
2: best part about the Regency era is everyone's hair. Absolutely. I'll I'll give you that.
1: It's all the wigs and the hair. So, the prequel is basically, I think, supposed to be 40 years in the past. She is a um, lady dressing as a, like, in drag as a highwayman, robbing people like Robin Hood. So, it's solitaire duels. Oh,
0: nice. Where you're,
1: it's an RPG solitaire where your your best plays let you, like, set people on fire and punch them. (laughs) <laughs> so I cannot wait for this game to come out.
0: Yes, that sounds <laughs> More fantastic. More
1: ludicrous solitaire games always.
0: I I'm really I'm definitely looking forward to that. Maybe we'll uh, do an episode on it when it comes out. So, um thank you guys for for joining me on this one and thank you Laura for recommending this game that I would never have played without your recommendation and I'm really glad that I did. Um you uh listeners, if you have any comments or thoughts about uh, solitaire or any of the games we, uh, we've covered or if you just have any recommendations for games that you think are a good fit for the show uh, then drop us a line you can do that at our website www.theshortgame.net uh, where we have a contact form or you can uh, tweet at us at underscore shortgame. game uh, I'm Reagan K on twitter at Reagan K uh, Laura where can people find you?
1: Um, I'm at Laura J Nash on twitter
0: and Nate where can people find you? On Twitter, at NateSTL. And thank you so much for joining us on this episode of The Short Game.